Hey, Kevin, how are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good, very good. So what's the topic this week? Uh, so we're going to talk about clients account management in running a agency or a consulting business. The most important thing I think you can have is clients. And I think actually just yep. spending a bit of time over, not just, I think that a separate topic would be kind of how do you attract clients, but this is more, how do you ensure that those clients are successful in kind of not just the short term, but long-term relationships and how you can build and grow and leverage from there. And I think there's there's certain things that I've learned over my career that have helped to put us in good stead. And I think like anything, especially with this podcast, it's about being open and transparent on some of the failings and learnings that yeah. no, one, no one's going to get it right all the time. I don't pretend that I'm 100% perfect today, but we're all on this journey together of how do we make improvements all of the time of what we're doing. And um, yeah, client management, I think it's just really important. So I think there's a, there's a great balance here that we, that we discuss a lot around kind of like managing the relationship versus managing the content and the results and you need both and you were saying a while ago about the entrepreneurs start businesses with a natural skill set they're brilliant at something and then as they suddenly acquire clients and then they start taking on staff and before you know it you've got 10 or 15 20 people and then you go i've got all i've got to understand hr and legal and finance and goodness knows what yeah yeah, and that's not what you got into it for. But if you want to grow, you need to learn that. You need to surround yourself with people that can provide that advice. But you can't cut yourself off from it. You can't say, here's an HR person. I'm not going to deal with people. And you can't say, here's a finance person. I'm not going to deal with finance. It's like you need to at least have an overlap of understanding. And I think with, with clients, again, it depends on your background. But for me, my background has been very much my craft is doing SEO. I was good at doing it for myself and building income from affiliate sites. And then I had to learn how do I do this for other people? And that comes with managing relationships, expectations, how you manage a client as much as you might like to say, I will treat this as if it's my own brand. You can't because there's a level of communication that means you've got to take them on that journey with you. It's otherwise if it's all in your head, and you're doing a great job, then that's where the, the problems start because osmosis in terms of people thinking the same way as you do just doesn't happen. You, you've got to exactly. put that time into more structure around communication, understanding their pain points and challenges and reporting and just showing that you're on the right track. And I think the first thing I wanted to open up with is actually showing up a bit of vulnerability behind when it doesn't work. Yeah. I think agencies and consultancies are potentially from the outside. It's look at us, we're the experts, we're great, et cetera, et cetera. And my view is you never really understand the value of an agency, any company, probably any person until something goes wrong because yeah. nothing is ever 100% perfect. It's just how do you react to that? So when and I was the, at Branfield doing my MBA, we talked about, we did a um, big module on uh, service delivery and they said, it's not about the, it's brilliant all the time, as you say. What distinguishes brilliant companies is when the service goes wrong, it's how do you recover? Service yeah. recovery is an amazing trait of brilliant organizations. It is. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's something that you don't lead your marketing with. No. Um, a company, like we're, we're not going to say we're the, we're the company that fixes it after we mess up. <laughs> Exactly. Like that just doesn't make sense. You wouldn't but, say, when it all goes really badly wrong with us, don't worry because we're brilliant at fixing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, okay. 
but there's definitely been examples of that I think over my career and I I've learned the hard way and I think for me I always look back to one particular meeting as a big turning point in how I manage clients and now you mentioned this <laughs> um yeah so it was a client and this I think this is going back at least 10 years it was a legal firm I remember we drove about an hour to their the office and we had I think it was an annual meeting so it was like what have we done the legal firm is run by different partners so normally yep. we're working with a marketing manager in this case it's a bigger meeting so the partners who put oh their own God. budget into the slice of the pie are asking what the what they got in return. And I remember we had this meeting, I was telling them we've done an amazing job. This is what we tried to do, set out to achieve, etc. This is what's worked. And I got grilled. And I remember like at least 20 minutes to half an hour nonstop of just feeling really uncomfortable getting grilled. And remember, you're dealing with having come from a big partnership based environment, a big four, that these partners are not, they are very well educated, really bright, masters of their craft in their field they don't take prisoners easily you know lightly you're going to expect quite a strong grilling from very, yeah, very well prepared intelligent people they're, they're lawyers they're trained to argue i'm never gonna <laughs> i'm never gonna argue, win exactly. that and, and that <laughs> that was the thing that i realized that even if i'm right i'm gonna lose the argument because you i'm are. just not trained and skilled which maybe comes back to procurement <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think my learning on that was actually, you've got to be on the same side because yeah. as soon as there's a conflict, what I found is halfway through that meeting, I changed my tact and I went from defensive to, okay, where are we trying to go here? What is it that we've tried to achieve? What is it that's next? And I showed a bit of vulnerability behind, okay, well, this is what we've done that hasn't worked. And that to me was the big turning point. They were just like, okay, so you can admit that there's a failure here. And it wasn't from a, we're looking for money back perspective. It was just a, let's bring everything onto, let's sit on the same side of the table. We're trying to go in the same direction. And how do we get there together? Can as opposed to this head-on collision that was clearly going nowhere. And as the budget holder on their side, they have all the power. So it was definitely about actually, let, let's focus things from your perspective and as soon as i flipped into their perspective as opposed to my own that's where we started to make headway and we turned it into a very successful client afterwards but it in wasn't that moment, a point. can you cast back your mind to the moment when you're in the meeting it's gone horribly wrong your your comment was you haven't smiled for 45 minutes they told me that in the meeting I generally consider myself a reasonably happy person and wow. I, I would say that generally be called quite smiley as opposed to grumpy or the opposite and they actually said in the meeting at least kind of 45 minutes into it it's like that's the first time you smile today and in my head I was like I haven't felt like smiling at all today because I'm getting grilled yeah and I think that was probably when they could actually see in my head of I feel like we're getting somewhere and I feel like we're on the same page and maybe that was the light bulb moment for me of okay I get it from their perspective and then they got me and they trusted me a lot more because I'm now trying to help them. Most human beings are pre-programmed that when someone shows vulnerability, you want to help. Unless yeah. you're a pack animal that's trying to kill something, you know, in most business meetings, once you know someone genuinely wants to do the right thing and you, because of who you are and because of the story you'd gone through, you were trying to do the right thing. Right. Once you became vulnerable, it's like, well, well, where's someone going to go? Are they going to try and beat you up even more? No, they're not. They're going to say, okay, so how do we fix this then? That's exactly it. And I think the key thing that I've 
I've definitely learned over the years and I spend a lot more time on this in the early stages of any client relationship now is all about alignment. Yeah. In, in the past, it could be, I actually wrote a blog post on this kind of touching on this subject yesterday, but it's how you should have a strategy first approach. And it's, it's aligned with this. So don't just jump in feet first, do a load of stuff and then see where it takes you. Actually think about what is it that you're trying to achieve first and foremost. If you don't know um, where you're going, yeah, yeah. don't complain oh, when you arrive right. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's exactly it. And if, alignment is really key. I now spend a lot of time in the early stages of a client relationship saying, what are your business goals? What is it that individually your boss is targeting you on that aligns with the overall company vision? Yeah. And how do we work that back into SEO targets that work into marketing targets that turn into business targets? And if so how you do you know, get alignment? So what do you think of the tools to get alignment around this whole account management? What are the practical things that you think people should be doing that helps with alignment? I'll answer that in two ways. I think in one way, the tools could be taken in the wrong way of like an, an online tool. And I think actually that's the biggest challenge and issue is quite often you look at what's most measurable then you report on it and i think that's a big mistake you shouldn't be reporting on what's most measurable you should be reporting on what's most important yeah. and then finding a way to measure it afterwards measure what matters as opposed to measure what's easy measure what's um, available yeah yeah <laughs> and the next thing is then it's a lot of it just comes through in a conversation it's having my background having run a business for 14 15 years it, I think now to me, this is quite natural, but in the early days, it, it definitely wasn't. Now it's, okay, well, what are you trying to achieve from a business level? How do you make money is kind of what I'm trying to get at. How do you make not just revenue, but profit? And how do we drive that for you? And, and some businesses, they might actually say, we're not in a stage where we're that concerned about revenue right now. We want to build brand awareness and that's fine, but you need to know what it is that the, the business is targeting because the worst meetings I've ever had are, Ones like that example where we could say rankings are going up, traffic's going up, you're getting more leads. At the other end, you might just face a question of, so what? I, where's, show me the money. I mean, you remember that like on the wall about nine months, a year ago, we wrote up. So you and me kind of like got our heads together and went, so what are, if there are three things that everyone's got to think about in priority order, what are they? I think we said it was results, retention, growth in that order. Yeah. Yeah. And for the right reasons that retention is growth. Or growth is pointless, honestly, without retention, because you're just, um, you're I've, just I've, always, I've liked the uh, analogy someone's used to me before of running a, a bath with the plug open. Like you right. end up, everything that you win is replacing what you lost or... Uh, it's just churn. Yeah. You're just busy fools. I think that's the thing. It's how do you focus on that relationship first, strengthen it, grow it. There's so many more benefits to come from that afterwards in terms of then you've got great stories to tell. You've got learnings that's thought leadership. You've got case studies, you've got referrals, you've got award entries, etc. But it starts by doing a good job and doing a good job starts with alignments and understanding what the client wants. Then you have to deliver on that and definitely my approach and your approach as well from when we spoke about this is it's results first, deliver against that. And then I, I genuinely feel the relationship part's quite easy if you're getting results. The, yeah. the situations I really don't like are we haven't got results, let's try and turn the relationship around. And it's like, well, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being thrown to the wolves. Yeah. And let's take them out for lunch. It'll help. It does not help. Let's get it's them like, results. How yeah. about we, we focus on the results and don't have the lunch? <laughs> at best, at best I, I find that situation can buy you time. Yeah. But 
you have to fix it immediately. As you know, I like a matrix. So for the listeners that aren't watching the video, it's a nice two by two matrix, which is basically like that. You've got relationship and results. And when I was like doodling, so see if this makes any sense. Excellent results, excellent relationships, that leads to client retention, it leads to upselling, and it leads to business growth. Yeah. Because you're completely aligned. Where you've got excellent results, but really appalling relationships, you don't speak to anyone, yeah. You sit in your room and you just do the work, but it delivers great results. I thought it was, you get an auto renewal, you don't get cancelled, but you don't grow your business. Right. And you're these kind of like unheard of heroes. Yeah. No one knows how we're getting these results, but we appear to be getting good results in this area. So you just keep on spending the same budget because on the whole, it delivers good results. Yeah. But no one knows who you are. And that leads to very poor agency growth normally flatlined it does one of the challenges behind that that can be a complaint i mean this is a complaint both sides of the table from the, the client side a big frustration with agencies is the level of churn so if you've got a team that is exactly always moving around and you feel like you're getting somewhere the account manager's just left to go somewhere else and someone else is coming in let's hope they're just as good but that that's always a big yeah. challenge it works both ways that actually your relationship although you're getting great results with your clients, if that person that you're working with on their side changes, then you're back to square one again from the relationship perspective. And one of the things that we've brought in that I think helps a lot is trying to spend some time with the key stakeholder. So who's your main point of contact boss? Yeah. And don't go over their heads, but try and actually keep them informed and have exactly. a relationship with them. That means like QBRs, costly business reviews for us are really good for that because the, the key stakeholder, the, the person who has real sign off authority probably doesn't want to be involved on a monthly basis. Sometimes they do, but quite often it's, they're only involved if things are going badly. If things are going well, yeah. they're not involved, but actually if things are going really well and they're not involved at all, that's probably not great for the agency. You need them to stay in touch to a certain extent and having that understanding over this is what's changing at the top level of the business. How do we react to that? I think is really important. And then if someone changes underneath, you're in a stronger position because you know that more senior contact. I think one of the things that we did really successfully was when we developed, we kind of co-created the QBR methodology and cadence that worked for us because we had QBRs before, but they were sporadic. They were badly run there'd be 150 slides of just like stuff. It wouldn't tell a story. Whereas now we've got a template that works across all clients around, this is the story we tell at a QBR. Here's the structure. When you go to the QBR, the last bit is, and what's the next goal for the next three months? Yep. So you get these like kind of quarterly sprints. It's written in a way that an executive can read it because they've got one page and the head of SEO can read it or the head of content, they've got the pack. And then the on-site SEO expert can read the long form document that's an ongoing document. So you've got these different audiences with different content. I think those audiences are really important because at a very senior level, it's kind of how much money are we making per market and per channel. What's that's, the ROI? If it's going up, that's great. Can we, can we spend more? Can we make it go faster? If it's at a marketing level, quite often people are concerned about market share, competitors, how do they relate to what's going on around them? Almost typical SWOT analysis sort of stuff of actually, yeah. is there anything that is a threat to, the, to them that's coming up? And I think more on an actionable team level, when it comes down to the day-to-day, -day, it's what are the tasks that we're going to do that is going to move the needle? And there's, there's different views. The ability to drill down if you want to 
yeah. at any level and the ability to i guess the other way go almost i guess inside out in terms of here's the here's the task but what does that mean to the bigger picture because often you can developers are a good example of you can give developers instructions but until you tell them why you you've got those instructions there's a lack of urgency so actually the education that way around can be helpful too yeah. as much as the senior stakeholders but it's it's giving them the right information that they need at that point in time with the ability to be able to back it up if that person has more questions i mean i think it's the the whole skill of that qbr process is all the thinking's been done in advance yeah pack that goes to the stakeholder community is succinct is very results oriented very mm-hmm. oriented and goal oriented and then there is that there are lots of areas you can draw down into offline and yeah. that was the skill i think when, when our team got the hang of that they were like it, it's actually it's a huge relief because you know every 12 week sprint you know what you're aiming for and you start to fill in the pack throughout the 12 weeks yeah and it's more focused it's more measurable yeah. i think for me, what I've learned is there's a certain maturity and level of confidence that you need to go into a meeting and have 10 slides. And Absolutely. I think in the early days, it's like, I want to show that I put all the work in. Here's this massive book that <laughs> exactly. you have to read because I want to show that I've worked as hard as possible to make this happen. And now what I've realized, if I've got 10 slides that nail it, they know I've put the work in because I've been able to very concisely tell them what the problem is. Precisely. One thing Blair Enns has said about a couple of times has been that there's a inverse relationship between what you're trying to say and in terms of like the key message, the amount of pages worth of paper it takes you to, yeah. to tell that. Actually, if you can, typical strategy on a page stuff, if you can say, this is what we're trying to achieve over the next 12 months, start with that one pager and then build it outwards i think that's actually much more successful and yes you need to do some of the analysis to get to that one pager but if you're trying to do here's 150 pages now what's that one page as a summary afterwards i think you end up all over the place no one's going to read it yeah no one reads it we're actually down to about the last couple of minutes of Uh the podcast time flies as always on these things because we've got lots to talk about so shall i give you my kind of like my summary points yeah, and then you can tell me kind of what I've missed. So yeah. I think I, yeah, I wrote down, so account management is definitely a discipline, just yeah. like finance, legal, HR. And you need some training and you need some frameworks. You need some cadence uh, of yeah, when things happen. You need to get people focused on it. That's how you're going to grow your agency. I put down that poor account management eventually leads to slow or no growth. If yeah. you don't focus on account management, you'll just end up managing the clients that you've got and eventually they'll kind of like leave. And then you'll find some other clients and you'll carry on the same story. And there's a topic in itself around the difference between project and account management, because project manager management is typically very reactive and it's trying to retain. Whereas account management is how do you renew? How do you grow? And how do you explore opportunities that are maybe outside of your remit? Well, let's cover that as a separate topic because project management and account management is very much dear to both our hearts. Yeah, uh, definitely we'll, we'll pick that up as a separate one. It's also, it's five times harder to sell new, new business than it is to sell new business into an existing client. Exactly, yeah. So focus on the existing client, deliver great results, manage the relationships well, look for opportunities, sell more into that client. That's how great companies become big companies. So focusing on that five times harder to get new, new business than it is to grow an existing client. Why wouldn't you do account management? That's what it's there for. Well, exactly. And I think once you're, you're working with a client, you understand how they work, you understand 
what budget they might have and you are very rarely in a competitive situation it's not oh, and we haven't cracked that have we yeah being honest we haven't cracked how to do that yet you know we oh. haven't we haven't doubled or tripled our accounts no i think there's examples where we've, we've grown with clients absolutely but probably more through we're doing good results let's keep it going and maybe more on the reactive side as opposed to the exploring new opportunities so that there's always ways to push that further forward for sure and then the last one i had down was building that reporting framework that qbr and the cadence by its nature it's quarterly so it's a great way of getting senior stakeholders in a room once a quarter for an hour two hours to focus yeah. on what do we set out to achieve have we achieved it what's the plan for the next quarter that's a great discipline for uh, also kind of like getting that account management to work it is the only thing i would add to all of those would be just trying to understand things from their perspective. Spending in QBRs now, actually, we see this as being a, a two-way thing. If we're here to tell you what we've done, here's our plan, here's our learnings, but it's not just a one-way conversation. It's also, how does that relate to your business? Obviously, if there's any questions, we'll, we'll raise them, but what's changed within the business? How do we understand, are there new product launches? Are there different priorities? And the more that we can understand stuff like that, because it does change on a frequent basis, how have targets changed? How does that relate to the overall business? The more I think that we understand those type of things that's happening internally, the easier it is for us to map our activity based around exactly. their priorities. And again, going back to the, we're on the same team, we're fighting towards the same targets. We're trying to help from maybe a more specific channel-based target as opposed to the the wider business but that alignment and that relationship behind making sure that we both feel like we're on the same team we're both supported and we're working together i think it's really important so what would be your uh, as always i'll ask something which you've not prepared for at all so it'd yep. be instinctive your response uh, in kind of 20 seconds literally if you were starting out as an agency thinking about account management what's your biggest piece of advice i think it's just to show a clear flow between this is what we're trying to achieve. Always communicate where you are against that. And don't be afraid of saying we're not there yet because no one expects, well, maybe some people expect results immediately, but just showing that you're making progress against that, I think is really key. But also just giving people a confidence that you've got a clear plan. You know what you're doing, you're in trusted hands. The comparison of if I was doing this for myself versus if I was doing this for a client is I would potentially not create a 12 month roadmap for myself. I would potentially have, here's a goal and then maybe like test and learn style experiments to get there. I think with a client, you don't want to take away that test and learn environment, but you do want to show confidence that we know what we're doing and we've, we've got a plan that we're working to. We will adapt, but it's just showing a bit more structure behind what you're doing so that they feel like they're in a, safe pair of hands at the very least and that they've made a good decision and then then i think that relationship just gets stronger from there once you can start getting the results in essentially very good and um, good answer but a lot longer than 20 seconds as i realized that <laughs> <laughs> okay great thank you Look forward to the next one. cheers, cheers. Bye.